This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're highlighting efforts to promote clean drinking water in New York. And our guest is Rob Hayes, Director of Clean Water at Environmental Advocates NY. Welcome back to the show, Rob. Thanks for having me, Dave. So this summer, the Hochul administration proposed a new set of standards to follow when determining whether to notify New Yorkers about what's in their water. Can you explain what was laid out by the state's Drinking Water Quality Council? So a couple of weeks ago, the State Drinking Water Quality Council met, and this is kind of an advisory body to the State Department of Health about how to protect drinking water from all of these unregulated pollutants that are getting into our drinking water sources. And DOH proposed a new plan to regulate toxic PFAS chemicals in drinking water. And for your listeners, Dave, PFAS chemicals are a huge class of chemicals. Over 9,000 PFAS exist. Many of these PFAS persist in the environment for thousands of years. They build up in the human body. And many have been linked to similar harmful health effects like thyroid disease and kidney cancer. PFAS pose one of the greatest threats to our drinking water today. And testing for them, notifying the public about them, cleaning them up has to be a top priority for state leaders. So with all of that, at this council meeting, the State Department of Health proposed a new plan to regulate PFAS in drinking water. They proposed establishing notification levels for 23 PFAS that we can currently detect at very low levels, generally between two and five parts per trillion, basically at the level of reliable detection. And if this plan moves forward, and if the council approves it at its next meeting, Every water utility would be required to test for these PFAS chemicals, and they'd be required to notify the public whenever those notification levels were exceeded. So possibly millions of New Yorkers will be getting a letter in the mail describing the extent of PFAS that they're exposed to when they turn on the tap. Are you happy with the notification taking the shape of a letter in the mail? That seems like something that's easily ignored by your average, say, homeowner. There are still a lot of details to discuss with this proposal and that the council will be deliberating on at their next meeting, one of which is what form do these notifications take? Letters in the mail, I think, are certainly important, but there's a lot more that utilities can be doing as well to make sure that the, f- the whole community is aware of what's going on with their drinking water. So I think notification to media is incredibly important, sharing this information with other local community institutions. So there's a lot that utilities can do beyond sending that letter in the mail. And we hope that's what DOH will put forward at this upcoming council meeting. And who do you envision being notified? Is it simply reaching out to the homeowners or would there be an effort, for example, to reach out to renters? You know, in the past, water utilities have only been required to notify the customers that pay bills to those water utilities. But as we know, many landlords pay those water bills and they might be the only ones getting a notice about what's in the water. So we're hoping that the Department of Health will come to this next council meeting with a plan about how are we going to reach those renters that might not get the usual notifications. These are the folks that are drinking the water every single day. They have to be notified if there's a potential threat to public health in their water. If I receive a notification telling me that a certain PFAS chemical was found at a level that's been deemed unsafe or worthy of notification by state officials, what do I do with that? You know, that's one of the other big questions that hopefully will be addressed at this upcoming council meeting. 
the big question is, what do these notifications say? And you know, there's different ways that DOH can approach it. You know, one path would be accurately conveying, you know, really critical information to the public about what these chemicals are and what the health risks are. But there's also a risk that the Department of Health could downplay the risks of exposure to these chemicals and just tell everybody, ah, don't worry about it, it's fine. You know, don't worry about what's in your water, even after this notification. We think that there's a way to make these notices accurate and informative without being alarmist. And so, you know, we really want to convey through these notices that sensitive populations might be especially at risk of PFAS exposure. You know, pregnant people, the immunocompromised infants, they're especially at risk of exposure and potentially uh, at greater risk of some of these health effects. But we also really want to make sure that New Yorkers, after getting this information, are able to approach their water utility and approach DOH to say, now I know that there's PFAS in my water. Now I know what some of the health risks are. What are you doing to address that problem? How are you working to get me cleaner water? Because at the end of the day, that's where we have to get. Notification is an essential first step, but really to protect clean water, we have to fully eliminate these chemicals from our drinking water. Utilities can be proactively installing new treatment technology to remove these chemicals from the water. Ultimately, we're going to need enforceable standards to require that cleanup. But really, from day one, utilities should be working to get these chemicals out of the water. If you had your druthers, would the proposals from state officials not just be about notifications, but also be about that follow-up step and requiring certain actions based on certain thresholds? We are continuing to push for more cleanup standards for PFAS, and these are generally known as maximum contaminant levels. We currently have MCLs on two PFAS chemicals in New York, PFOA and PFOS, but we know that many of these other PFAS pose a risk to human health as well, and we need to regulate them through MCLs as well. Uh, this past March, the federal government actually put out a new proposal to establish MCLs and other enforceable cleanup standards for a number of PFAS, six PFAS in total. It was the first time the federal government has tried to regulate PFAS in drinking water, a real, real landmark step. And actually, many of the US EPA's proposals were stronger and more health protective than what New York has in place right now. So the EPA should be finalizing that proposal in the next couple of months. I think they said by the end of the year. As soon as EPA finalizes that, DOH can move forward with new enforceable MCLs on some of these PFAS chemicals, and that's exactly what we'll be calling on them to do. Is there an expectation that with the proposal laid out by state officials that New Yorkers will be inundated with notifications, or is there reason to believe that the drinking water from these utilities is safe and is not going to be rife with PFAS chemicals? Well, really, Dave, the, the whole concept of notification levels came out of the Hoosick Falls water crisis. Uh, you know, in that situation, the Hoosick Falls water utility, the local government, even state DOH, knew that there was a problem in Hoosick Falls drinking water, but they declined to tell the public about it. Really, these notifications are all about proactively notifying the public when there's a contaminant in their drinking water to say, we want you to be fully informed about what's in your water as we're developing steps to address the problem. That's how we build public trust in drinking water. People lose faith in their drinking water when there's a problem and we don't tell them about it. But really, notification levels and this widespread transparency program is a way to build trust in government and build trust in public water. Right. But do you have any reason to believe that PFAS is 
abundant in the drinking water across New York and that people are going to be getting a lot of notifications right away if these drinking water standards uh, take effect? Or do you suspect that it will be more of a uncommon occurrence for people to get notifications? That's a great question. And, you know, the U.S. Geological Survey recently came out with a new study that estimated that 50% of public water supplies and private wells across the country are contaminated by PFAS. I would expect that that same percentage or even a higher percentage is present here in New York. So many, many New Yorkers, I mean, we're talking millions of New Yorkers, likely have PFAS in their drinking water and will hopefully be notified under this notification level proposal of what's in their water. And you mentioned private wells. How, if at all, would they be impacted by this type of notification system? You know, a lot of that remains to be seen, Dave. You know, there are right now real really no formal statewide protections for private well owners and their drinking water. What we've seen is that the State Department of Environmental Conservation and the State Department of Health have been using New York's current PFAS standards on PFOA and PFOS kind of as the benchmark on which to judge when to address PFAS contamination in private well water. So it's possible that they use these notification levels as that same kind of benchmark when doing investigations and remediation. But ultimately, a lot more needs to be done to address PFAS contamination in private wells. There isn't a whole lot of proactive testing to find out what's in the water in private wells, and even less, probably, action to remediate any problems that exist. Is the lack of proactive testing likely something that stems from a don't want to know, don't want to have to deal with the problem type of attitude? You know, it's possible. We know that there's a lot of private wells in New York. I think the latest estimates are around 800,000. That's a lot of New Yorkers that might potentially be exposed to these chemicals. And frankly, a lot more work that needs to be done by both the State Department of Health and local governments to start addressing this problem. But really, kind of the upfront costs of addressing PFAS and getting these chemicals out of our water, it is dwarfed by the costs of inaction. We know, and EPA has said this, we know that not taking action and keeping people exposed to PFAS, the health and economic costs of that vastly outweigh the cost to do testing and treatment. And luckily, there are more resources than ever before to get these chemicals out of our water, both from state and federal grants that are available, as well as new major settlements with some of these polluting chemical industries to make a lot more money available to get these chemicals out of the water. Well, speaking of costs, at least the upfront costs that might be involved in mitigating some of the damages and dangers that people could theoretically be getting notified about in the future. Is there an expectation that some of these costs of either proactive or reactive measures is going to result in higher water bills for New Yorkers? It's possible. And that is why we have been calling for as much state and federal assistance as possible to help water utilities get this new treatment technology installed. And we've been very grateful for Governor Hochul and the state legislature's commitment to including new funding in the budget each year for clean water improvements. Each year since 2019, there's been $500 million in the state budget for the Clean Water Infrastructure Act, much of which has gone to helping utilities across the state install new technology to get PFAS and 1,4-Dioxane out of our drinking water. But of course, as, as we can tell through this conversation, there's a lot more work to be done to get PFAS out of our water. And I think it'll be incredibly important as we look to the upcoming state budget that we continue to see clean water investments proposed by the governor and the state legislature. Well, you're talking about investments in the millions with an M, but don't most reports indicate that New York's water system has billions, 
tens of billions of dollars in upgrades that are needed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the cost to improve all of our drinking water and wastewater infrastructure, it approaches $80 billion as the last estimate from state agencies. It is an enormous problem. Every single day, drinking water and sewer infrastructure is failing. We can see it even in the most recent floods in the Hudson Valley, where many wastewater systems were overwhelmed by the amount of water that was rushing into them and leading to these massive sewer overflows that were polluting our water and contaminating communities. Really, the level and investment that we need to see needs to be in the billions. And we hope we see a proposal by the governor and the state legislature that matches the scale of the problem as we see budget proposals come out into next year. Well, finally, in terms of your own drinking water habits, do you have a water filter at home? On a separate issue for clean water, I have a lead pipe servicing my apartment. And luckily, I was able to bring this to my landlord's attention when I moved in. And he fortunately installed a filter to remove lead. Luckily, I think Albany has largely avoided the PFAS crisis because of really good source water protection that it's done around its reservoirs. So I'm very lucky on that front. But I know that many other New Yorkers can't have that same confidence. And that's why this new proposal from the State Department of Health is so important. You know, this would really be a landmark for water transparency. And would be nation leading. No other state in the country is proposing to regulate this many PFAS at these low levels. So really, we're hoping that the Department of Health and the council approves this at the next council meeting in September, and that the State Department of Health publicly commits to backing the EPA's stronger cleanup standards for PFAS and implements those in New York as quickly as possible. Well, we've been speaking with Rob Hayes. He's Director of Clean Water at Environmental Advocates NY. Rob, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having me, Dave. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.